Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, Karen. It's so good to be here with you today. Hi. It's so great to be just returning back from our first post-COVID conference in California to announce our partnership with for the California Water Safety Coalition. So it was such a great few days. It was. We recently partnered with the Ben Carlson Memorial Foundation, and it is an incredible organization. We'd love to bring more information to you about the Ben Carlson Memorial Foundation and hope to do an interview with them at some point soon to share with all of you. But in the meantime, we were really excited about the work that we were doing and thought that we would share more with you about the work we do on the policy level. So why don't we start, Karen, by you telling us about how, obviously we know why you started the Zach Foundation, but can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of how you decided what you were going to do? Yes, of course. And first, I wanted to mention that we are having such an incredible week around this. So we felt that it was so important because we just had this great call with Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who is our fearless leader around this work um, for the policy work that we do and had a great call with all these great stakeholders that have been involved since the beginning and it was really great to be on with them this morning and so we'll tell you more about that but yes first the genesis of the zach foundation so as you all know i lost zachary in the summer of 2007 and after we lost him we knew right away that we wanted to do something because we felt that it was important to educate people around drain entrapments and water safety because we thought we knew everything that we were supposed to be and did everything we were supposed to do around drowning prevention and water safety for our kids, just protecting them in and around water. And we had no idea what a drain entrapment was. And so we didn't want even one other family to have to lose a child in the way that we did. And we started doing our research and I had the opportunity to get connected with Nancy Baker, who is the mom of Virginia Graham Baker. And that is uh, how I sort of began my work for creating the Zach Foundation. And Shortly after Zachary passed away, the Virginia Graham Baker Pool and Spa Safety Act was passed, which is a national law that required for anti-entrapment drain covers, as well as specific pool construction to prevent drain entrapments. And it also included a campaign around drowning prevention and water safety, which never existed before in our country. And so I had the opportunity to spend time with Nancy Baker and I 
so I said to her, okay, Nancy, I want to pick up here from where you left off and what should I do? And so she introduced me to the communications firm that Megan used to work for. And from there is where we started to do our research. And we, after learning what the statistics were, we we created the what we now refer to as the Zach Camp to provide for those children that were drowning the most, and those are the ones who are in underserved in underserved populations in our country. Right, and we um, we often talk about ensuring that we reach those who are most at risk, and so our partnership with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America really allowed us to reach right into those communities and provide resources that otherwise weren't available. Um, you know, when we think about where we are now, so that conversation that you had with Nancy was probably 15 years ago. Um, and right when the Virginia Graham Baker Pool and Spa Safety Act was passed, tell us a little bit about where the VGB is today. So we're so, that's why I was saying we had that call this morning. We are so excited that there's going to be a reauthorization of the Virginia Graham Baker Pool and Spa Safety Act with hopefully some new opportunities within this space. And we were so thrilled this morning to be on the call with all of those people that are still involved for, you know, 15 years and maybe more, as well as some new people in this space that we have always wanted to be a part of it. And now they're going to support this bill as well, which is really exciting for the evolution of this work Absolutely. and the growth of this work. Yeah, and, and to see not only new stakeholders coming to the table, but to see a lot of the same faces. You know, I started in this space 12 years ago, and the fact that so many of the faces that were leading the way 12 years ago are still involved today or are coming back, right? Former staffers are coming to the table to figure out how they can support the work. Um, and then some of those people that 12 years ago, I wondered, why are they not helping us? They're here now. They're at the table with us, like the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance. And we're really excited to see their commitment and their clear investment in water safety and drowning prevention. So that's gonna be a great new partnership. And we always wanted the American Academy of Pediatrics to be on board with this. And they were, they were there today as well and engaged in this work. And so the growth is really happening. It is. And I, I remember when I first came in-house to work with, directly with you and Brian, we were brainstorming about how to make a bigger impact. We knew we were doing so at Zach Camps. We added in the American Red Cross Centennial Campaign to provide year-round swimming lessons and um, try to increase the lifeguard and the water safety instructor population in our country and allow for workforce development for Boys and Girls Club kids. But we knew that in doing that work, while it was important, it wasn't enough. So I remember exactly where we were sitting when, I think it was in 2017, right when I came back from the World Conference on Drowning Prevention, we decided we wanted to try to do mini national drowning prevention action plans, right? We knew the US needed one, but that we were just a little foundation with one employee. 
There was no way we were going to be able to do a national plan. So Brian said, why don't you pick a couple of communities and try it and see what happens? So I was hoping that you would be able to tell our listeners a little bit about our community drowning prevention action plans that we started. Yes, absolutely. So after running our ZAC camps and then implementing the Centennial program, we, I think it was, I think for forever, you had always been saying, I want to have these round tables. It's so important for us to have these round tables, which included the, all of these stakeholders within the community to talk about how they can address drowning prevention in their community. Because while many of the elements of a drowning prevention action plan will be similar, each community is, first of all, they have different risks around drowning prevention and water safety, whether they have open bodies of water um, and and pools, um, and what it is that each community is already doing um, and what they're not doing but could add to, for, you know, for drowning prevention. And so we started in, of course, Fairfield County, Connecticut, which is where we're from, and St. Louis, Missouri, and Chicago, Illinois, as well as Central Texas, where we went in and gathered all the key stakeholders in those communities and began in 2019, our first roundtable discussion. And we included first responders, hospital administrators, school administrators, community organizations, aquatics, schools, and anyone that we thought, parks and recs department, anyone that we thought should be there and just talked about what it was that was happening in those communities and what could be happening to address drownings um, in that community going forward. Right. And we learned a lot while we were there, right? So when we initially started them, um, we started, we learned that what we needed most of all was a local kind of community leader that would take the work up and do it long after the Zach Foundation had held its series of in-person meetings. And so we found some great success with that. So an example of that would be in Chicago, where we found a great community leader in um, Lori Children's Hospital. And you know they really have continued to convene meetings ever since we had our initial in-person meetings there in, gosh, I guess it was like May and July of 2019. Um, hmm. in, Central Texas, while we were there, uh, Dell Children's Medical Center and other children's hospital realized that they needed to be kind of taking the charge. So they, alongside Collins Hope, made an investment and commitment to lead this effort after our in-person meetings took place. And then we found another interesting outcome was while we were in St. Louis, they said, we really need the head of the transportation department to participate in these conversations because our big issue here is physically getting children from their schools where they're learning to a pool where they can learn to swim. So we were had these really interesting outcomes at the onset of analyzing the stakeholders, broadening the participation, and seeing some key leaders come out of the space that we didn't expect to see. And so I oh sorry to interrupt you, but I also loved the fact that in St. Louis, the superintendent of schools attended our very first roundtable and was engaged even around that 
around the transportation. Yeah. It was his idea. He was like, why don't we have the head of transportation here? They can provide the buses. (laughs) It's just, you know, it is all about having the right people in the room and being sure that you set that table as it were correctly. Um, And to our surprise, you know, we were really super invested in these community roundtables, and they've continued to run really well in some communities. It's been a little bit more of a push in others. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that COVID hit and priorities have really shifted for people since then. Um, But to our surprise, at the end of 2019, we were asked to join the National Water Safety Action Plan. Um, So that dream that we had a few years before about having a National Drowning Prevention Action Plan for the United States became a reality much sooner than we expected. Um, And so doing that work over the last several years has been so interesting and exciting. And it led to this really cool partnership opportunity that we had in California. Yes, they were. So it was really because of Rob and the work that he was doing with you on the National Water Safety Action Plan. And Rob was so impressed with you and your work. And he said, he actually said, you know what, Megan, we want to hire you to do this work and lead it for us. And Megan, Megan was, your response was, well, you know, you can't hire me, thank God. (laughs) Um, You can't hire me, but the Zach Foundation would love to partner with you on it. And that began this great partnership that really uh, was begun or officially begun this these past few days with the summit, which was amazing, after working, of course, for a year on it first. Right. That's what I was going to say. So for the last year, we've been working with this um, lead organization in California, the Ben Carlson Memorial Foundation, to really figure out how to develop a statewide drowning prevention action plan. And so that included a similar analysis of stakeholders, um, a, a SWOT analysis, uh, analysis of risks and opportunities and threats, and really trying to figure out how to position the California Water Safety Coalition, what it's since become named, um, for success. And so we started that work about a year ago, um, hosted a workshop where we organized and facilitated working groups that covered six different areas of water safety and drowning prevention. And those working groups are chaired by leaders throughout the state of California who have made a commitment to water safety and drowning prevention. And that doesn't necessarily mean that those individuals are in aquatics positions. They could be, you know, different public health officials or first responders who have full-time jobs, but have managed to dedicate some additional time to water safety and drowning prevention. And um, we were lucky enough to be able to bring everyone together and have an in-person meeting to really talk about this work and how we were going to move it forward and how our partnership and this announcement of a coalition in California will intersect with that National Water Safety Action Plan when it's ready to be released. So it's really exciting to be working at the national, state, and community levels and to see these different stakeholders really impress upon themselves and their communities the importance of water safety and drowning prevention and how different it looks on each of those levels. But as you said, all of the themes are the same, right? It's it's how you put those practices into place that may look a little different. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, in some areas of the country, and maybe it's just because they don't have the resources, um, and of course, one of the resources being time to put into it, 
it's a little more difficult. And, you know, sometimes their drowning rates are not as high, but we were so impressed by the community in California and how everyone is so engaged there and willing to put in the time to create this water safety plan. I know, really exciting and really exciting to see, um, to be in person with people, right? It's <laughs> Oh yeah, so Omicron <laughs> made it look like we were not going to be able to meet in person and Megan and I are like, should we fly out? Should we not fly out? Oh, there's only gonna be 30 people there. And then sure enough, we had over 150. I know. Amazing. I was pregnant with my last child when I attended my last in-person work meeting in 2019. So to attend a work meeting and not be pregnant was pretty great. Um, and uh, not to mention the fact that he's now how old? <laughs> he's over two. So we've <laughs> been a long time. But so I have a glass of wine on this work trip. It was in a really nice, warm, beautiful environment with the most warm and welcoming partners. We had... Um, an incredible time getting to know Julie Lo Piccolo from the Jasper Ray Memorial Foundation so much better. We're excited to have Julie on to share more about her story um, and the Ben Carlson Memorial Foundation and all of those partners were just incredible. So it was a great work trip. And then we got home yesterday. We were so tired, but so excited to have that meeting with Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz and stakeholders from like the chairman of the Consumer Product Safety Commission was on our meeting this morning, along with stakeholders from the American Red Cross and the YMCA and the Pull and Hot Tub Alliance and the American Academy of Pediatrics. And, you know, I would say most excitingly, um, Nancy Baker, Virginia Graham Baker's mm -hmm. mother was on the meeting with us today, 20 years after her daughter died from a drain entrapment. And so to see her leadership in this space over the last 20 years and her continued commitment to the work that we're all doing was just so inspiring. Yes, and she is so warm. She's such a lovely person and so cares about this. Pretty incredible. So it was a, I mean, wow, from one meeting to the next, from one part of the country to the next, but really um, so exciting to learn more about what everyone's doing in this space and the continued commitment of those people that have, have really created a foundation for all of us to do our work on has been really exciting. Yeah, it really makes us feel like we are making a difference because obviously over the years and especially at the beginning, we thought there were obstacles that we were never going to overcome and now and look, look at, at that. Where, right. Yeah. Look at where we are now. No. Yeah. You know, I was thinking today, I've been doing this work for 12 years. I was pregnant with my first when I met Karen and Brian, and it really shaped how I thought about parenting and the kind of parent that I am. And so to be doing this work at such a high level after all this time and to have the federal government, you know, the, the House and the Senate thinking about water safety and drowning prevention and how can they move the ball forward after all this time is so exciting. It makes, it makes all of this hard work so worth it. Really? Super cool. Um, and thank then you, next thank you also, Zachary Archercone, for leading the way. Yeah, pretty cool. 
And then we get to go and travel again next month. We go to the National Drowning Prevention Alliance. And while we're there, we're going to be recording tons of interviews um, to bring back to all of you so that you can hear from these people who are working all around the country and providing really interesting and unique programs and best practices that you can either learn from or replicate or connect with in your communities. And we're really excited to share all of that with you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would please um, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family, we would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon.